Hello, this is Arlo Gagastein, and we would like to welcome you to the Dabbling in Discomfort podcast, where we strive to help you make your life a little more outside your comfort zone. And I have a very special guest today, Amy Campo, who I have trained with for quite a while at Mori Training Center. She is a fantastic grappler, a fantastic human, and I'm super excited to have you here today, Amy. Um, so I have had to reschedule this on Amy several times already. The first time we were supposed to do it, I was grappling a few hours before and I separated some ribs and I literally couldn't move without a, everything spasming. And And I'm like, there's no way I can do a podcast. <laughs> and so we rescheduled it and she was super gracious. And then then my family caught COVID and so I had to cancel on her again. Uh, but anyway, it is fantastic to have you here today, Amy. Yeah, thank you. I'm grateful <laughs> opportunity. Yeah. Thank you for bringing me here. Oh, of course. Thanks for coming. So when did you first start getting into jiu-jitsu and why? Gotcha. Um, so I started training when I was 13. I just hit my nine-year anniversary, actually, for training. Uh, the why for training... My, my dad brought my oldest brother into training so that he could learn how to really fight and so that he could maybe learn some discipline and some self-control so that he maybe wouldn't have to fight so much because he could prevent them from happening. Huh. <laughs> and so how I got into it, he just brought me in when he was dropping him off one day and he like showed me the class, let me watch. And he's like, so you think you want to do this? And I just nodded. I didn't think that he was going to put me in anything or anything. So... So I nodded at him, and he talks to the coach, and he signs me up for all the classes and buys me all the gear and says, don't tell your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get home, and he tells her everything. Uh, I guess he just wanted to be the one to say. So, yeah, I got into it um, just out of the the kindness of my father and being able to put me in something and having that opportunity, which I think was put my life in a whole different direction than maybe it would have gone otherwise. Right. And that... That's maybe how I got into training, but as far as my why goes, um, that's a question I revisit often. Um, and I think, especially when training is at its hardest, I think it's easy to come back to that question, the why of why you're doing this. Um, my original why was like, oh, I can't be beat up on my siblings anymore. Yes, <laughs> freedom. Um, that was my original why. I didn't want anybody to be able to touch me if I couldn't. I've always cared a lot about hmm self-defense and being able to take care of myself and that's a big a big skill to have and one that I was very eager to have and then I think over the years there's I've grown to have more whys and more reasons why this is a a, a good thing why it's something to develop myself with something I can learn other life lessons that parallel with other aspects of life and that gives me a new way to see things and a new way to understand other things in other parts of life that I wasn't understanding. So that's just another one of the reasons that jiu-jitsu became so prevalent for me is some of those things. Not to mention how much I can give back to other people because there's been a lot of people who've given to me. Like my dad gave me this opportunity. My coach has given me these skills and the opportunities to be able to compete and the amount of networking I've been able to gain from having these friendships and meeting people, hmm. I wouldn't like it would be a pleasure to be able to give some of those things back to somebody else because I know the difference they made to me. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that is great. Um, man, you just jumped ahead on all of my questions, and it's fantastic. <laughs> so I'm. I, it's so important. Like as a as a coach, where I 
I deal primarily with coaching fitness, strength and conditioning, but the, the why is so important. Like to revisit that often, I think that's, that's fantastic that you do that. Um, a lot of times I, I don't, and I, and I, but, but the why is so important when things get hard and when challenging to, to be able to reflect and, and just say, well, why am I doing this? Why is this important to me? And if your why is strong enough, it's easier to push through things that, that might other otherwise be, be more challenging and might, might derail you for, for a bit. So, so thank you for that answer. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you started Muay Thai at the same time, right? I you did. started Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai. Yes. I started all the classes at once, but I leave, I believe my very first class was a Muay Thai class. It was okay. a Thursday evening. We came in on a Wednesday and watched, uh-huh. and then I came in the next day on a Thursday and started training Muay Thai. So for the first three or four years of training, I actually trained Jiu-Jitsu, MMA, and Muay Thai okay. all together as much as I could. Right, right. And I really enjoy striking. Um, and then I love MMA too, because then you can combine both the worlds, uh, Jiu-Jitsu yeah, and yeah, Muay Thai. Yeah. Um, and as I started to compete more, which was about um, about a year and a half, two years in, okay. as I started to compete more uh, and be more serious, I started to pull back from Muay Thai a okay. little bit more and so that I could focus and be a little bit more... Um, specific in jiu-jitsu. Right, right. Hone my attention there. Yeah, for sure. Are you still training some Muay Thai or are you almost exclusively jiu-jitsu right now? Mostly exclusively jiu-jitsu, uh-huh. but I do like to, so every now and then I'll pop okay. into a class. I've recently considered starting it again because there's phenomenal benefits that come from cross-training with Muay Thai and MMA. MMA, obviously, for its transitions and its aggression. Muay Thai for its um, cardiovascular benefits hmm. and for its joint and... Uh, ligament support. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I probably wouldn't have considered that, but that's absolutely very good. Yeah, so you're you're obviously most well-known as a phenomenal grappler, but, but a lot of people don't realize that you've done a lot of Muay Thai and MMA training as well. <laughs> you're, a, you're a scary individual. It's a good thing you're nice. Um, <laughs> Just like you, though. <laughs> uh, um, I was going to talk. You have had one MMA fight, correct? Yes, sir. And it ended in an armbar relatively it early. It did. I think um, that fight was interesting. I wanted to showcase striking. And within, like, two exchanges of striking, we ended up close enough that I could clinch. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm this close. I need to clinch. I clinched uh-huh. her. And she walked all the way back and put herself on the cage. And I almost stumbled <laughs> after her. And oh, it was no. like... Well, this, okay, like, yeah, take her yeah, yeah. even. So, yeah, then I proceeded to take her down after a minute, and then once you're on the ground, you you punch and submit. So right, I, right. It, yeah. it went over fast. I mean, that's a good thing. It's a good yeah, thing oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I hadn't expected it to go quite like uh, that. Uh-huh. Are, you, are you interested in pursuing MMA? Um, not as a big career. Okay, I, I like yeah, it yeah. for the training. I like it yeah. for the fun. I like it to develop aggression. Okay. Um, but I'd never thought of being like... A big UFC fighter. Right, right. Coach came yeah. to me a couple of years ago and he's like, hey, you're at the point where you can go in whatever mm. branch of the tree you want. So yeah, yeah, you yeah. Want. And I kind of thought about that and I was like, mm, I don't really care about going uh-huh. to UFC or anything. Oh, cool. Oh, great. Good. No, I think that's awesome. I mean, you definitely have the the capability, but it's it's good to, to say, yeah, this is where I want to focus my efforts and, and I think you made a wise choice. Yeah. <laughs> Do you struggle with aggression ever? You, t- you talked about how MMA helps you with aggression. Um, and having trained with you and grappled with you, I, 
I don't feel like you struggle very much with aggression, but has that ever been an issue? Like someone who's as nice as you, do you struggle to, to maintain aggressive pressure or you just, you go for it every time when you're, when you're competing in jiu-jitsu? Competing, that's like no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think um, there's a, when I say aggression, I mean that there's a, an aggressive athleticism okay. that is demanded in yeah. MMA because of its volatile nature. There's always an incredible incentive to move now, to act now, to create something now. Right. And I noticed right. with jujitsu, especially the more high level you get, there's a lot of times where you can be very, very strategic and you can win. Yeah. The yeah, very yeah. first panels I did. Um, some of the girls were using strategies like that where they would, hmm. they knew how to wait at the right times and I was just like, ref, ref, she is stalling, she is stalling, <laughs> what is going on? Because I'm used to this, like, it's very, um, you are unsafe until you win the fight. So right, right, okay. now yeah. to take care of yourself. That's that's hmm. what I came from. And I like, I like that immediacy and urgency Yeah, um, because I feel like it's promoting the fight to progress. Right, to right. Yeah, for sure. And I like that aspect. And that, that aspect, I feel like, develops you a lot and develops uh-huh. your character and strengthens your your mind, your grit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's a great great perspective on it. I know as a, as a grappler myself, obviously not a competitive grappler anymore, um, but that's something I, I, I sit and I wait and I take my time and and I wait for openings when, but I, I love what you just said about how you're not safe until the fight's over and there is a sense of urgency, whether it feels like it or not. So training versus competition, how does that differ for you? I mean, obviously there's, when when you step on the mat for a competition, it's, you're there to win. And um, yeah. is there a difference in your mindset when you're, when you're just training with friends, people from the same team versus once you're actually there at a competition? I think one of the only differences between training and um, a competition is how willing, how far you're willing to go as far as hurting. Oh, right, right. Like if I get to a point where I clearly have a submission on a training partner and like I, you know, I can go as far as I need to go until they tap. And if they don't tap, I can be like, oh, you know, I'll I'll go somewhere else depending on what I I need to be as a training partner. Now in a competition, you know what you signed up for. Yeah. you can handle the consequences of your choices whether yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. not tapping. Uh-huh. So I one of my first one of my first tournaments um <laughs> I armbarred someone re- relatively quickly and popped their elbow and I stopped and he didn't stop and he ankle locked me immediately. <laughs> yeah. I and I'm just like I can't believe I just lost cuz I popped his elbow and I and I stopped <laughs> and, and uh it's kind of funny because I, I walked off the side of the mat and, and, uh, and our coach was there and, and he looked at me and he says, I can't coach you. <laughs> oh. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> but, and o- over the years, we, we laugh about it now. Um, but I, I don't know that I have what it takes to, to go all in on something when I know it's going to hurt somebody, yeah. even at competition. Obviously, that was, that was a small local tournament, but... Um, compared to like the stage that you're on at this point in your career. But I'm like, man, I really don't want to hurt anybody. And I, I don't know if I have what it takes to do it. Like I'd like to think, um, 
I'd like to think like if it was a a life or death situation or a situation where I was in imminent danger that that yeah I'd do it but but as far as just competition I don't know <laughs> so, yeah. anyway I think it's helpful for me like I know um, no I'm not I don't want to hurt no someone, right right to. yeah so yeah, I, yeah. It, to me it tra- I translated it in my brain to okay you're consciously making this choice you're willing uh-huh. to go to this point yeah like, okay and like the reality of a fight is going to be that way. If I'm not hmm. aggressive with you, like coming from, coming from MMA, MMA for example, uh-huh. um, you you always want to train harder than your fight is going to be, so that right, fight right. is easy. That's that's a little phrase that goes on in MMA. Train yeah. hard, fight easy. So, and I've got to experience that several times over. Making the training harder than you perceive the fight's going to be, or even harder than that. So that you're not shocked when you go in the mm-hmm. fight, and you don't get pummeled. Yeah, fight, yeah, yeah. Like taking damage is very serious. It's like for MMA. For sure. You, oh yeah. You get rocked uh, a lot. So. Uh-huh. How do you how do you go about challenging yourself and and making it so like you talk about training harder than the fight's going to be? Mm-hmm. Is that something you just do what coach says, or are there there are certain things where ways that you challenge yourself as well? I know Eddie's Eddie's really good about pushing us really hard, <laughs> especially when when something big's coming up, when a, a competition or an MMA fight for one of our guys are, is coming up. But but are there things you do outside of training as well to challenge yourself, or um, or is it pretty much just all in the gym, mentally or physically, either either way? Mm. So like originally when I started training, I just showed up at the gym and mm-hmm. Eddie would just push us as hard as we could go and you just learn as much as you could and you you know you get thrown into a fight thrown into a match and you you just do what you can yeah you like right, try right. to be well and he's really good at, at pushing your conditioning too so that for sure and he's got a, a really fantastic technical base too so not only are you prepared technically but you're also incredibly prepared prepared athletically yeah and both of those will both of those alone will take you far but i didn't need to do much more preparation outside of that when uh-huh. I was younger in training. However, the longer I train, the more I learn that there are different ways you can better prepare yourself and different ways you can be more specific and have specific goals. Okay, yeah. And I think um, that's a big difference in athletes. It's not necessarily um, who you train with or where you train. Those do contribute a lot, but I think how you train is probably the biggest contribution to how you're going to perform uh-huh. in a fight. So some of the little goals that I've been looking into over the past couple of years is like working in specific positions, working through specific time frames. Like I need to hit a certain uh, certain sweep or something within this amount of time. Oh, okay. I have to yeah. follow the jujitsu web to a part of the web that I can monopolize. Right. Or I have to hit um, a certain amount of submissions within a given time or specific submissions within a certain rule. Uh-huh. Getting down to very specific parts of... Uh, training and developing those little networks so that you can be as fast and as efficient as possible. That makes a lot of sense. So um, (laughs) you may or may not remember this. I believe it was right before Worlds, Brown Belt Worlds. um, And I rolled with you and literally like we went a five-minute round and you submitted me eight times, I think, in five minutes. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, (laughs) that is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like... I can usually, even when I know I'm training against somebody that's better than me and is 
is going to likely submit me to be submitted that many times in that short of amount of time, which was just mind boggling. Um, and so now maybe I'm thinking you probably had that in your mind that I need to finish him fast. Like <laughs> anyway, probably. probably. I see. Or okay. Just to be active. <laughs> yeah. Really, the more yeah, active yeah. you are, like you don't even have to like hit all of the submissions, but as you are actively pursuing them, the right, right. open up. Yes. And you know, being aggressive, like an MMA mentality will just help you have the athleticism and the heart to be able to do that. Right, right. And I, I noticed that I, I also wanted to talk about the last time that I rolled with you where um, I felt like I couldn't catch up. Like your pace was so fast and you were going from one thing to the other that by the time I was defending one thing, you had already moved on to the next. Mm-hmm. And it was it was awesome. Like I was scrambling to survive the entire time and it was fantastic. And it's it's always funny to me. So I talk, I talk to a lot of people about, about you because <laughs> you amaze me, <laughs> but, um, and, and people that know me, like they, they know I do crazy things. They know I'm relatively strong and, and, and I've done jujitsu for a, for a very long time. And they're like, well, I mean, surely you can just like muscle or out muscle and, and same thing with Warren, with you and Warren both. They're like, but you can just outmuscle them if you want, right? And, and just smash them. I'm like, uh, no, you don't understand. <laughs> they are so good and so technical that I can't. You would think that you would think that I'd be able to, but but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> In some positions, you could get away with more muscling, but right? It, but that also depends. How long is this match going to go for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true for me. Or are you going to expend more energy, and then I'm still in the same? Spot? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And that happens a lot when I train with you. I feel like <laughs> like muscling may may postpone the inevitable for a little bit, but it's not gonna it's not gonna postpone it indefinitely. Um, <laughs> anyway, I love training with you, and it's always a joy when we get to when we get to roll. <laughs> but, um, so you started training about a year and a half. You said after after you start or you started competing. I'm sorry, about a year and a half afterwards. Yeah. Were you still a white belt, or did you start as a blue belt? I com- think competing. I was technically like a yellow or orange belt. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, quick little history. She started when she was 13. You said that already, I guess. But but you can't be promoted to blue belt until you're 16, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, Another thing I like to tell people about is when you, I, I remember when you first came to the gym and training with you, and even at 13 years old as a brand new white white belt, um, you were hard to submit. That was, <laughs> like, that was my entire goal. I didn't know what I was yeah. doing. I knew three moves, and I was just like, I'm going to make this as difficult as possible <laughs> for you. And eventually one day, one day, uh, one day, I, I noticed, okay, you can't submit me. One day I swept somebody, and I was like, oh. I can do things now. <laughs> and then it started changing, and I started being yeah, able yeah. to do things. Oh, that's fantastic! That's funny. Yeah. So when when you started, I don't. I trying to remember. I was I was either I was either a blue belt or a purple belt. I may have just gotten my purple belt. I can't remember, or I'd been I a blue belt for a while. A blue belt. Okay. Okay. So I'd I'd been a blue belt for for a year or two probably when when Amy started training and I. I struggled to submit her. Like I'd get her in things, ankle locks. I remember Kimura's, and I'm like, she should be tapping, and she's not. <laughs> and I, it, 
it confused me. I'm like, I know I have a submission here. Why isn't she tapping? <laughs> uh, and it's it served you well over the years. <laughs> like, that's funny that that was your your entire thought going into it is that <laughs> that I'm not going to let him submit me. Oh yeah, and I, it progressed my idea from there. Was, yeah, like quote unquote, my idea was to give them hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Like, <laughs> I made it as difficult as possible. Oh, that's so funny. that I'm super annoying. <laughs> if you get me, I'm going to make it so hard that uh-huh. you don't even want to roll me again. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Very cool. And so since then, since you started competing, like, um, you've done extremely well basically everywhere. <laughs> like Pan Ams, nation, American Nationals, Worlds. Um, I have no idea how many, and I don't know if you even keep track how many times you've won those different things, but (laughs) pretty much if Amy's competing, she's going to finish really well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your your first world championship was at a purple belt, right? Is that when you won worlds for the first time? No, 2019. Okay, all right. Yeah. I think. And then was it 2021 when you won as a brown belt? Yes. And And so you won... Both your weight class and absolute is a brown belt. Yes. No gi worlds. Mm-hmm. A gi nice. worlds. Oh, that was gi. Brown belt. Oh, okay. I missed. I missed the no gi. Oh, that's right. Because that's I right. had mono. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sucked. I felt fine. I would have still done it. Uh-huh. But, you know, people, I get on the mat and my eyes look like look like I've been punched twice. Oh, <laughs> people no. are gonna be alarmed. <laughs> oh shoot! My so, coaches were nervous. So I was yeah. Like, no, I'll just. You know, I'll just trust them. I'll just right, right, right. I'll just be safe. Yeah. So you double golded it in gi mm-hmm. at brown belt, mm-hmm. and then last year, last year was a big year for you, or this past year, within the last year, whatever. Both chronologically, you were right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So you were you were awarded your black belt after winning worlds, right? Yes. As a brown belt. And you were Eddie's first black belt from the ground up, right? Yes, that he had promoted, like, put the belt on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he had his studio in Japan, he did have a brown belt there who he did promote to black belt, but he had traveled overseas and had moved. Oh, okay. I guess he had told him, hey, I I wanted to promote you, but I'm not there to physically, you can just... Uh-huh. So he, he has another black belt okay. in Japan, but okay. I think, yeah, it was the first one he raised up and put wow. on himself. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And so since then, you have done ADCC trials, which were a big deal, and you won, and you qualified to go to ADCC. Yes. So tell people a little bit about ADCC. What is that? Um, so ADCC is, it stands for Abu Dhabi Combat Club. It is put on by the Abu Dhabi Prince, Mo. Um, it is essentially the equivalent of the Olympics in Jiu-Jitsu and the next event they're happening to hold because they hold it like every couple of years they'll do a trials and they'll do the big tournament so it's I mean, it's similar pace to Olympics in that way too the next event they're gonna hold he's been updating and revamping the way he's running the tournament and he's turning it into this huge show that's way more comparable to the Olympics than I think it was before oh wow he's got a lot of I'll not spoil anything, but <laughs> he's got a lot going on with this. Nice. It's going to be a very big event. Uh-huh. Well, but. the brackets are incredible. Like, looking at who's going to be there, 
even just the grappling part of it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the super seminar, isn't that a neat thing? Yeah, Did yeah, you yeah. see that? I saw that he was having one. <laughs> yeah, so all yeah. previous ACC champions are having part in the wow. seminar. Like, gee. That's incredible. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Nice. And so to, to get invited to compete at ADCC, I guess there, there are some special invitations, but, but pretty much you have to have competed there before or won trials. Is that yeah, kind of how it works? You have to have like, created an incredible name for yourself yeah. to be invited or have won something really big recently. Okay. Or you have to have won before. Uh-huh. And the only like, maybe potentially small fry guy who gets in there is whoever wins the trials. Okay. And okay. for women, um, you have to win both the trials. Oh, okay. Wow. What a big accomplishment. So you did win trials against some tough competition. And uh, and you ended you ended up at the last trials. You ended up facing a few girls that you had previously lost to. Like you haven't lost to very many people, but they were they were at the trials and some yeah. of them. And and you beat them this time. Yeah, <laughs> my last three fights at the trials, they were all supposed to be lined up against people I had lost to before. Wow. Uh-huh. And you know, there's not very many of no, no. But yeah, they they were all lined up, and I just. It was an interesting experience to prepare myself mentally and physically and to just wait there patiently for huh. each fight and then to progress through each of the fights and discover more about myself and to revamp myself while I was there and change what kind of wow. fight I was. I think that was the neatest thing. It's to not only like triumph against my past errors yeah. and yeah, my yeah. mistakes and something that could potentially throw me off mentally to okay. triumph against all those things and then re-renown myself was one of the most incredible experiences. Oh, that is so cool. Very cool. And so ADCC is in September. Is it this, is how, how many days is it? It's is it a several day thing? It's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. There's, there's another, so they've got the ADCC championship, yeah. which is the invite only tournament or if you won the trials. Okay. And then they have the, the open, which is anybody can sign up for. It's just oh, like okay. their other big okay. tournament that's going on a little bit more during the week. Yeah. Right, so the right. championship is going to like be the finale of the entire uh-huh. competition. Nice. And so you're in a bracket of eight people, is it? Yes. And do they just have two brackets for the women? Um, no, they just have the, oh, yes, yes. Isn't it? For the upper weight and yes, the lower yeah, yeah. they only have the two weight divisions. Okay, right, right. Which is kind of sad, but yeah. <laughs> it's okay. They're going to, in the future, the the princess said he wanted to do more weight to add more. for women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be nice. Uh-huh. So every, everybody that, that sees the bracket is like, you're in the same bracket as Gabby Garcia. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so. Those of you who don't know, Gabby Garcia is is probably over two hundred pounds, yeah. and she is absolutely ripped. Like she's so yeah. <laughs> she's she's not a fat two hundred pounds. She is super <laughs> lean and muscular. And she's, been, she's been a black belt for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Competing ADCC and worlds and uh-huh. competing for years. Right. She's she's won world championships many times in ADC previously. I don't know how many times, but I think you got her. I would love to see that match if it if it works out that way and you end up facing Gabby Garcia. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to all of your matches at ADCC, but um, but yeah, that's going to be great. I'm super excited for you. What characteristics do you think you have that have made you successful? 
So we talked about stubbornness a little bit, how your <laughs> your whole career you've you've been wanting to be stubborn and annoying. Um, yeah. <laughs> are there other things that that you think have contributed to to your success? I think some things are can be pretty resilient uh-huh. passionate mm-hmm. and I like I like to I like to work hard and I like to put effort and I like to feel something you know I, I like some these experiences that um, build you I yeah like, yeah, I like yeah pursuing things that are going to develop me and usually okay. those are the hard things right um yeah, being being annoying and being stubborn. Oh, another another part of me is I really like to be defiant. Defiant. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound like the gentlest thing to do, uh, but I just I have this thing about me where you tell me I can't do something, and I'm like, ah, watch me. <laughs> oh, so I, I think love that it. that helped, especially when I was when I was younger. They're like, well, yeah, you can't do this, and I was yeah. like, hmm, okay. So. We talk a lot. We've talked a lot on the podcast before, and and you mentioned it now too that that you like to pursue things that challenge you and that are hard. And I think I think everyone with with any level of success in any endeavor, whether it's athletics, whether it's business, whatever it is, understands and realizes that that's all part of the process. Like pursuing things that are hard and that are going to challenge you and push push you outside of your comfort zone. And, and incidentally, that's what our entire podcast is about, is, is spending more time outside of your comfort zone. Anyone who's successful didn't take the easy road. <laughs> like they've pushed themselves and they've they've faced adversity and they've and they've powered through it and they've and they've pursued things that they know are going to grow them or are going to stretch them. Like it's hard to hard to grow if you're not constantly pushing yourself yeah yeah, I think so I think a lot of people and I think it's just a mental thing really like a lot of people in your mind even can be against you Hmm. they just they're seeking comfort Uh right things Um, right right and it takes a lot to get out of your comfort zone yeah it takes a lot to have courage to stand up against your fears and then to vanquish your fears Hmm. And to pursue things that are going to be soul stretching, and they're going to recreate you new, and that can be hard to to pursue. To know yeah, that you're going to yeah, feel yeah. pain, to know that you're going to fail. But I think if you can, if you can just start, I think you can work at whittling away the fear of failure or uh-huh. the feel of the fear of pain. I think if you can just start, you can learn how to build a mentality that accepts it, that embraces it, hmm. that translates it in your brain into this is my progress, this is my success, yeah. this is what's making me happy, this is where I'm finding satisfaction, this uh-huh. is where I'm finding all the things I'm looking for. And it's not in running away, it's not in avoiding these things, it's not in sleeping, it's not in eating my comfort foods. My happiness is found in discipline. My freedom is found in discipline. Nice. Well put. Yeah. Man, there's there's a lot of soul searching in jiu-jitsu, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for those of you have, who who have never done jiu-jitsu, first off, I would encourage you to. Um, but 
but know going in that it's definitely uncomfortable at times. I know. It's, it's called jiu-jitsu means soft art, but it is anything but soft. Right, right. You're not right. getting punched directly in the face <laughs> if you're doing it for, like, just competition jiu-jitsu. Okay, you're not getting punched in the face, but it is definitely anything but soft. Yeah, right, right. That's, a, that's always... That's always a joke among people that do jiu-jitsu. Oh, it's the gentle art. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What are your plans for the future after ADCC, after, I don't know, could be before or after your jiu-jitsu career? I mean, not looking way down the line or, or just more more short term so this year after maybe. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So there's probably, there's a couple other competitions that I'll okay. look into, like... Pan Ams and and Worlds for yeah, maybe yeah, I'll yeah. look into in the fall. Maybe maybe a little a handful of um, super fights here and there. Okay, we'll see what we can do with that. And maybe a handful of seminars too. I think oh, nice. I would yeah. be opposed to going on tour and doing a handful of seminars and uh-huh. kind of seeing a little bit of like East Coast, maybe Europe, and and being able to share jujitsu with other people, but also being able to. Um, become more aware of other cultures, other yeah. lifestyles, other mentalities, so I can learn and expand myself as a person so I can be more capable, I can understand more people, and I can communicate better. I'd like right. to expand myself in that way also, as well as be able to share. Okay. Oh, I love it. Um, talking about no-gi worlds uh, reminded me we didn't talk about gi worlds this year. So your first time as a black belt at worlds, and you made it to the finals of the absolute division. So absolute is where it's all different weight classes. You could go up against anybody basically of any weight in the absolute division. You made it to the final and you are you currently fight at medium heavy, is that right? Yes. And the and the person you fought in the in the finals of worlds at your debut worlds at a black belt was was ultra heavy. Right, and yeah, she was the returning champion from last year. Yeah, and you did phenomenal. <laughs> like it was the the score was two two. Am I correct? And yeah. it went down to a ref's decision, and they they picked the the returning champ. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think she picked a brilliant strategy too. It's a position where there's very little risk, and she uh-huh. maintains control. And like you know how we talked about strategy earlier. Yes. On, how you know yeah, how they, yeah. She picked the perfect strategy, and I could totally feel it. Her strategy, and I didn't realize it until right as the match was ended. Uh, oh shoot! Oh, darn you! <laughs> yeah, her strategy was to contain me. Okay. And if you could find something to do to me, yeah. Good. But I mean, I even felt like she had other chances to be more aggressive, and she didn't. Uh, oh, yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. So yeah, 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 I think her her idea was to contain me, uh-huh. and if she could score, right, like, right, hopefully, hopefully score and maintain the rest of the match. Yeah. And I was a little too careful. Okay. In trying to be too explosive, I feel like there was. I felt a little less explosive than I should have been. Uh-huh. So that I feel like that was an error on my okay. part. Okay. But uh, I think for most of the fight, I was being really safe, but I still trying to be aggressive. But I didn't yeah. take enough risk okay. to grant me something that right, would win the right. fight over her. Okay. So. But it was a great experience. Yeah, think, absolutely. Yeah, I had I I thought it was fantastic, and uh-huh. I was surprised. I was I was ready for this back and forth, really fast, yeah, 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 and I was ready to give my heart to it. And then 
it was like we're in a stalemate the whole match and oh, it passed shoot. like it was two minutes long and uh-huh. I was like what happened to this experience <laughs> oh no I'm feeling eyes and cameras and yeah. you know, now where are we <laughs> it was cool though yeah 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 well I, th- I think it's it's not very common for for a first year black belt to do that well <laughs> so congratulations nice Thank job you. <laughs> Um, back to to future plans. We were talking right before we before we started recording the podcast. Um, different ideas of how, like your you you thinking about maybe doing service type stuff or or helping people in need and how you could maybe tie that into jiu-jitsu. Do you want to talk about that at all? Um, no solid and, plans here. Yeah, but yeah. I just I have these ideas of things I care about and I. I care about people, and I care about improving lives. I care about improving families, and I care about giving people skills and opportunities to have a good life and to create good things here. So knowing all those things, I had the epiphany the other day where I was like, wait a second, I could create a collage between jujitsu and this realm of of aspirations that I have. Maybe some sort of like jujitsu academy where they come mostly for jujitsu but we can teach like other things and they can find community here they can create themselves and then we can help them do other things as they learn like help them with other skills help them get a car help them get a job like I just I want to find a way to mesh some of the things I have so that I can help other people create good things here yeah. I don't know exactly how that looks. Right, right. But that's just what's on my mind. Oh, the idea is amazing. I love it. Thank you. I think, yeah, that's going to be so exciting. And I'm I'm anxiously looking forward to see see where you end up. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for coming on the podcast. I truly appreciate having you here, and I appreciate your friendship and, and the opportunities I get to train with you here and there. Um, it's always a joy, and you're one of my favorite people. Aww, so, thank you so much. <laughs> so thank you so much. I would like to give a little shout out to my oh yeah uh, coach absolutely for sure. Um, I've probably said this on like four podcasts now, but just how my coach kind of decided to Ed- Eduardo Mori, he decided to um, kind of take me under his wing and bring me into his family and be the the mentor or the coach or the figure I could look up to to um, to become something in jiu-jitsu, but not just that, to also give me opportunities to learn how to take care of myself and uh, find opportunities to become more things than just jiu-jitsu. And that's, you know, I always believed in that, a person who was that way, and he is that way. And mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for the things he himself has taught me and the other people he has brought me to. And actually, a lot of people don't know this, too, but I started actually going to church more often with them than I did hmm. by myself. Uh-huh. And my spirituality is a huge part of my mental fortitude. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. actually, I give that, I give my spirituality something, I give that credit for actually teaching me how to be truly disciplined. Right, right. Um, as something that... You know, it leads me when I don't know what's the best option. Uh-huh. And I don't even know that the option I'm being given is what's going to take care of me the most. But I credit that to my discipline a lot. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah. I just want to give a, a good thank you to my coach and his family for, like, taking me in. But then also to my team because jiu-jitsu is not something you just, at least to compete, you can't just practice jiu-jitsu alone. Right, And right. my teammates, they, 
they go through a lot to help me train and to be there for me and be consistent and, and to support me. No matter how the training goes, my teammates are always willing to put their bodies forth to uh-huh. help me train, but they're also willing to extend an arm of friendship and hmm. kind words and encouragement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's so irreplaceable. Oh, absolutely. That's the benefit of being part of a team rather than trying to <laughs> do it on your own. Like yeah. the, the the support and, and friendship and and accountability too that a that a team provides. Yeah. Um, makes all the difference. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, we've been saying this little phrase to each other um, lately. Um, <laughs> when we're getting a move on the other person and we could take it easy, but we're not. Really, we just say, oh, I'm keeping you honest. Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. Thanks. Well, there there are definitely a, a lot of fantastic grapplers that, that you get to train with all the time and and that, that push you and aren't going to take it easy on you. And, and I, th- I think, too, like people... God, I don't want to dwell on Gabby Garcia, but going back to Gabby Garcia and, and just her her physicality and um I'm not sure it's going to be any any more so than than people that you train with all the time. <laughs> like I, I look at people like Justin and and yeah. Tyler and, and Justin, Eddie and Tyler. Yeah, I don't yeah. I I don't think I so. Right, right. I can start to handle them. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I mean, I think that that's something, too, that, and I don't know how you feel about this. I I assume you feel the same way, but maybe not, but but you train with a lot of, a lot of male grapplers all the time that are very physical, and I, and I think that. Almost only. Yeah, big, athletic, strong, fast males. <laughs> yep. yep, that's the name of the game. Uh-huh. And I, I don't mind that one bit. Because no. Because one, uh-huh. considering my um, my most prominent wine, you just learn how to protect myself. And then I get to yeah. imagine I get somebody who's my weight class, my height, my size, like my skill level to fight on the street. No, I'm going to imagine somebody who's better than me in right, any way, right, shape, right. form. Hmm. And I'm going to hold myself to that standard. That's a great standard. I love yeah. it. It's not super easy, but <laughs> no, but it shouldn't be. It <laughs> right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks again, Amy. I, I truly appreciate you. Thank you and very much. Thanks for coming on the podcast.